Good morning. Today I have Wendy with me. Hi, Wendy. Would you like to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about yourself? Absolutely. Well, I am Wendy, but I write as Wendy H. Jones, mainly because it's my name. But the H in the middle of my name is frightfully important because if you go looking up uh, the, the name Wendy Jones without the H in the middle of it, you'll get a bit of a shock because I don't write those types of books. So that's all I will say on that matter, um, especially since I write across um, the ages. So I write um, adult. I started out writing adult crime books and I started out with the detective inspector Shona McKenzie mysteries, uh, which are set in Dundee in Scotland, where I live, as you can tell from my accent. I am Scottish um, and I uh, started out writing those and then I was asked to write some young adult mysteries uh, which I did and they are currently out of print only because they're going to a new publisher but they will be out in the next couple of weeks um, with new titles and new um, new covers and they will have a third book in the series as well so that's quite exciting um then i thought i would maybe write uh, books for writers which i started doing and then i thought i'd write a humorous mystery series which i started doing and then i was asked to write um, a children's picture book series about a baby buffalo that went missing in fife he really did go missing in fife in real life and I was asked to write the book. So I now have children's picture books. So that's why it's frightfully important that everybody remembers that age. Because if you're looking for a children's picture book, you're not going to get <laughs> And if I go into schools, it is really important that they put that H in when they, when they send letters home. <laughs> that's all we'll say about that. But yeah, I live in Scotland and I'm an author and I love what I do. Fabulous. Uh, did you know that you um, always know that you wanted to write... Well, I did because, I mean, for a start, my mother always hoped I would be a secretary. So she got me a typewriter for my seventh birthday or something. And I used to sit and write books. I mean, to be honest, it was naughty fan fiction or, you know, famous five fan fiction. That was long before fan fiction was ever a thing. But I've always been a reader. I've been a reader since I was three. I was an advanced reader. Um, I, by the time I was 10, I was on to adult uh you know, mysteries and books, uh, because to be honest, when I was 10, you could read anything in the library. There was nothing there that you couldn't get your hands on. I wouldn't let a 10 year old loose in the adult section now. They'd get a bit of a shock. But because um, so, I'd always done that, um, I always wrote. Then I was always academic. I loved doing um, courses. I've got loads of courses. I've studied right up to PhD level. Um, I worked in universities and when I was nursing as well, worked teaching nursing, I used to bring out um, chapters in textbooks and things. So I've always been a writer, but I always had at the back of my mind that I would like to be a novel writer. And so it wasn't till I got really ill with my lungs um, I was fine when I was sitting down, but the minute I stood up, my oxygen levels dropped. Nobody could figure it out. And I thought, well, you can write when you're sitting down. You don't need to stand up. So, hey, we're on a winner here. Let's write books. <laughs> <laughs> um, you might write quite a wide variety of uh, genres. Do you have a favourite, a preference? Well, it's really difficult because the favourite genre or age group that I'm writing in um, is always um, 
you know, the one I'm writing at that time. So if I'm writing a book in it, I think, oh, this is awesome. I should do more of this, you know. Then you do another one in the different series and you think, oh, yeah. But I love doing them all because they all use different parts of your brains and they all brain, brains? I've only got one brain like everyone else. Um, they're all part of your creativity. And it, you can explore different avenues of creativity because quite frankly, when you're doing the adult crime books um, for the, the gritty ones, the D.I. Shona McKenzie mysteries, I'm really exploring my dark side because they're about serial killers. So, you know, I get to kill people and it's legal. Then when I'm doing the humorous one, I just get to be as crazy as I want to be. All the crazy things that you think, you know, you could throw into a book, I get to do it. The young adult mysteries, um, they're obviously, uh, you know, I can get to use a what I do things I wanted to do when I was a child, but you were never allowed to do. Actually, we did do a lot more when we were children than they're allowed to do now, quite frankly. But uh, most of which you wouldn't tell your mother about or they'd be bother, you know. But um, you get to explore being young again. You get to explore what the youngsters are like. You get to sit around listening to young adults just to see how they talk. Not that I'm saying, you know, you should stalk young adults or anything before people think I'm weird. But if you happen to be on the bus and you hear them talking, or then that you know you get to realize and the children's picture books I mean I never ever thought I'd be doing that but again I love writing them because I get to do it in rhyme now I'm not a poet but I can do a rhyme in verse so that was ideal for me I, I'm never going to you know be the macar for Scotland or anything but I do know about rhyming verse and I seem to be very good at that so I get to do that so I love doing it all to be honest it, Picking one is like trying to choose one of your kids, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, I prefer that child and the rest of them can just go hang. It's not the case. Your brain loves all of them. <laughs> okay, so if you were to be transported into one of your books, which would you choose? I'd probably choose a Cass Claymore book. Cass Claymore is the humorous one because that's just so crazy. It's a crazy ride around Scotland and nobody knows what they're doing so you don't actually need to know what you're doing to be in Cass Claymore and I mean it's littered with crazy crooks called Not Job Norm and things like that you know and it's just so much fun that I would love to do that I would love to be in a Cass Claymore book maybe I should write myself in <laughs> yeah why not <laughs> um do you hide any secret jokes or messages in your books um, I do and I don't. Um, when I say I do and I don't, for a start, there's um, there are people in it that are real people, but your average reader wouldn't know that. But the person, the people who know them, realise that it's a real person I'm talking about. Yeah. So I do things like that. Um, I do. I mean, sometimes I'll have real people in who have won a won a charity thing, and they will go in and their name will be in it, but that'll be at the front quite clearly, so it's not hidden, um, because I want people to know that they did that, yeah? Um, but I, do I, I sometimes, what I do is I'll put a very small clue to the next book in most of them, so people will know, but unless you read them out of order, you might not pick up on that. Yeah. So that's the only thing I do. But I think but I do do secret codes um, in the um, but they're not hidden. You get the answers. I do secret codes in the young adult mysteries. And in order to progress, Fergus and Flora, the main characters, have to solve the codes. But the youngsters can solve the codes before them. 
if they want to, they can try and solve the code. So I do do that. That's fun. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> um, if you were to be a killer in a book, how would you kill your victims? Heavens. Now, that's a tricky one for somebody that comes from Dundee because I live in the murder capital of Scotland. So trust me, it's already been done. But um, it doesn't matter how I kill people in my book. Somebody will think I've borrowed it from real life. I haven't. I just, you know, wherever I dump my body, people think I've dumped it because I'm following a real life murder. I'm not. But let me think. I do know how to use a rifle because I was taught how to do it in the army. Saying that, I've never shot a rifle in real at anybody. I've only shot it at targets. I was a nurse in the military, not a not a, a, a combatant. But so, and apparently, I was quite good at it. So I may use the rifle. However, I may be very good at it, but it takes me ages to line it up. So they could probably wander up and slit my throat before I got around to pulling the trigger and make a cup of tea. So, you know, I'd be hopeless to kill people. I'm too soft. I can't kill anything. Probably with flying wasp killer, because that's about the only way I ever kill anything. Yeah, they deserve to die. <laughs> Spray them with cockroach killer. I lived in Hong Kong and we had cockroach killer that was banned from every other country in the world. But we used to spray our rooms with it and go out for the day. So cockroach killer, there you go. That kills everything. <laughs> um, and if you were ever murdered, what fictional detective would you like to solve your case? Uh it would have to be Sherlock Holmes. He's my favourite detective because he's just out of this world, you know. He's not, he's not functioning the same as the rest of us, you know. Um, but he was actually based on a true person, um, Sherlock Holmes, uh, a doctor, who was phenomenal. Um, uh, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle knew a medical student at um, Surgeon's Hall, and he he could just look at a patient a bit like house and know what was wrong with them, you know, and could work out things that other people couldn't see. So I think because he's so intuitive, I would like it to be Sherlock Holmes. But to be honest, any of them would do because, quite frankly, they all seem to solve it in the end, somehow or other, even Cass Claymore, <laughs> who doesn't know <laughs> what she's doing. Um, what's the most interesting thing you found out researching your books? Oh, heavens, now I have to think about this one because I do so much research that you find out all sorts of things. Um, reading The Poisons of Agatha Christie, uh, which is a book, yeah, was really interesting. And you find out um, about that. I found out about historical mystery uh, murders in real life in Dundee. I didn't even know it happened, you know, because when you do searches... Um, going to Surgeon's Hall, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, here's one. Surgeon's Hall in Edinburgh is, um, is a, the old medical school and you get to see it. It's a museum. Yeah, Surgeon's Hall Museum. Now, in Surgeon's Hall Museum, um, there's an, an, an exhibit. Now, what it was, was that um, Birkenhair who everybody calls the body snatchers, but they didn't snatch bodies. What they did was killed the people in their boarding house and then sold the bodies to medical science. When they were caught, um, hair turned, uh, turned evidence on Burke and he got away with it and 
Burke or the other way around. I can never remember which way around it is. I think it's Burke. But they, he was sentenced to hang by the neck until dead. But at that, they, he was also sentenced for his body to be given to medical science, to Surgeon's Hall, in order for it to be dissected in front of the, um, the masses, the medical students, so that they could learn about anatomy. But they took it one step further with him. What they did was they took his skin off and made notebooks out of it. And this is the truth, okay? They made notebooks out of it. And I hope nobody's squeamish listening to this show. And then what they did was they sold the notebooks and made money. So one of the notebooks is in Surgeon's Hall. And you're not allowed to take pictures of it. But I asked if I could have a picture for a blog and they sent it to me. So I did a blog about it. And um, But that's the... That is the most interesting thing I've found out, I think, that they actually made notebooks out of Burke's skin. Wow. You wouldn't get away with that now. <laughs> no. My goodness. <laughs> I don't even know. You weren't expecting that answer, were you? No, I wasn't. And that's the best answer by far, I think, so far to that question. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Sorry, I've thrown you off your game there. Yeah, um, yeah, totally. I hope I haven't ruined your day. No, no, I am. Um, I study forensics, so I love that stuff. Like, oh well, I'm, you should go to Surgeons Hall in Edinburgh then. Yeah, I want to. I, um, I've only been to Stirling in Scotland for Bloody Scotland this oh, year. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. um, and loved Scotland. So I want to go back and see the rest, <laughs> or some more yeah. of it at least. Yeah, yeah. Um, do you have lots of author friends? Oh, I have loads of author friends. I love people. People are great. And I have to say that the Scottish, well, all Scottish writers are lovely, all of them. But the Scottish crime writers are so supportive of each other. And the crime writing fraternity worldwide are so supportive of each other. Nobody thinks they're any better than anybody else or they all look out for each other and they're all lovely, lovely, lovely people. I think that's because they get rid of all their anxieties and dark side and killing people in a book. So they can be nice to people because... uh, But everybody, romance writers, historical writers, they're all lovely and they all look out for each other. So, yeah, I've got loads of author friends, loads. (laughs) And do you get a lot of feedback from your readers? Oh, readers will always give you feedback. I'll tell you one of the bits of feedback I always get, and it's a tricky one, and I understand what they're saying, And uh, but there's a situation. Basically, we have a hill slap bang in the middle of Dundee. It's an extinct volcano. It's very extinct volcano. We've run trains and things through it, so it's not going to do anything. But the um, it's called the law. It's a hill, but it's called the law, because law is the old Scottish word for hill. In the books, you have to call it the Law Hill, because if you say a body's been found on the law, nobody but anybody that doesn't live in Dundee knows what you're talking about. So I have to put the Law Hill, and loads of people write to me and go, oh, it's not the Law Hill, it's the law. They're just trying to be helpful, and I have to say I appreciate that. Thank you. Um, but anybody outside of Dundee doesn't realise that, and there are people in, you know, America and Australia read this, so they know nothing about Dundee. (laughs) So that's the one thing. Um, The other thing that they say is, uh, 
you do realise the Scottish police are not armed. And I say, yes, I do realise that. Um, and they're trying to be helpful again. I said, but it was actually the police that told me to turn my... my my police are not armed 100%. But at the end, when they would send in an armed response team, my team turned into the armed response team, basically. Yeah? Because you can't introduce 20 new characters at the end and expect them to catch the killer. It has to be your team. So the police advised me to just turn them into the... The, the police advised me to do anything I like. They said, don't write about what we do. It's boring as heck. You know, do whatever you want. Use poetic license. But if you're sending in a team at the end, give them guns and just make it your own team. So people are just trying to be helpful. But I get loads of people that write in and say, oh, I love your books. I love your books. Thank you very much, which is nice. That's nice. It's always nice for an author to hear that. <laughs> um, are you doing any of the signing events next year? Am I doing any signing events next yeah, year? Yeah, or the festivals. Uh, yes, I am. Right. I'm, well, this year I'm speaking at Brechin Book Festival, which is on the um, 19th to the 21st, which is part of Book Week Scotland. Uh, other Book Week Scotland events I've got, I'm at um, uh, Costa Coffee in Dundee in the Murray Gate, which is in the centre of town. Um, I'm doing a book signing with five other authors in there all day on the 17th. The 18th, I'm at uh, the Book House in Brotty Ferry in Dundee with six, five other authors. There's six of us. Oh, no, I think there's eight of us that day. And we're doing book signings all day. Then on the 20th of November, I'm not the 20th, I'm getting this wrong. The 19th of November all day, I'm at uh, the Barnabas Book shop in Dundee which is at in Tullodeff Road part of the Friary Church and there's nine of us doing a book signing that day uh multi-author events that's all for Book Week Scotland so I've got one two three four five days in a row for Book Week Scotland this year mm. I'm then doing book signings uh at uh, a race course on the 13th I'm at the Glow Book, Glow book shop in Motherwell uh, on the 13th of November this year, loads of them because it's November's Book Week Scotland. So in November in Scotland, there are book signings everywhere. So that my first one is uh, this uh, Wednesday night. I'm signing at um, in Brechin at the Northern Hotel. And then on Friday night, um, somewhere else, I can't quite remember, which is terrible, so I can't give them a shout out. And then on Saturday, I'm at, uh, I'm in Brechin. Next year, I'm not got, the only thing I've got booked in is a three-month book tour of the United States of America. So if anyone from America is listening, I will be in numerous states in America between speaking at conferences and doing book signings between July and October next year. <laughs> Um, so I'll be coming to a conference or a bookshop near you somewhere in America. Um, I'm going to several states. So I'm looking forward to that as well. Uh, they, that's been delayed two years now because of different things. But I'm open to speaking engagements. So if anybody wants me to do talks or book signings, I'm your woman. Awesome. Wow, that's mad. You're so busy. <laughs> I'm crazy busy. I think I've probably missed some out. You know, I'm crazy busy. I feel sorry for the poor people who on Friday night have put this event on and I've forgotten where it is. I think it's in Kerry Muir. <laughs> That's terrible. I can look it up, but I don't want to do that while I'm live. 
Dreadful. I can look it up on my calendar. There you go. I'll be able to tell people if I look it up on my calendar. Uh, there we are. Where am I? This uh, I am at the Gate Hall in Kirimuir. There you go. See, you did know. <laughs> I didn't know. It was in my calendar. <laughs> and that's in the evening. Obviously, the one on Wednesdays in the evening, the one on Fridays in the evening, the one at the Glow Bookshop is going to be massive. There's 13 authors. Uh, it's a book fair, and there's going to be 13 of us from around Scotland, and we're going to have open mics, we're going to have special deals for people, and it's at the Glow Bookshop in Motherwell, which is a two-minute walk from both the bus station and the train station. So no excuses for not coming to that one, guys. <laughs> um, if you're able to spend a day with any author, dead or alive, who would you like to spend a day with? Well, I'll say dead because the ones that are alive, I get to spend days with them very often. But I will give you an alive one. But um, we'll start with um, the the dead one. It would have to be Sir Arthur Conan Doyle because um, I love his books and I would love to pick his brains about how he actually put himself in the mind of an intuitive detective. Because if you're not that sort of brain, how on earth did he do it and do it so well? I'd also like to ask him why he got fed up of him and killed him off and how he really felt when the publishers insisted he brought it back again, brought him back again. So Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, because he's such an interesting person. Although I would, I would also like to spend time with Enid Blyton because I want to know how she managed to bring so many books out in her lifetime. She must have brought a book a day. Seriously, she must have. She brought so many books out. Oh. So, yeah, both of those. Living, I would like to spend time, I would like to spend a day with Kathy Reich, just because I would love to pick her brains about forensic anthropology. That would be great. And because she's a nice person. I have met her. I have met her in real life. She's a lovely person. We were both speaking at the same conference, um, although I was, wasn't on her panel, but I got to speak to her, so that was nice. She's a lovely person. But I'd like to spend a whole day with her. Oh, jealous. I love Kathy Reich's. And she is the reason... Or one of the reasons I decided to take a forensics degree. So, right. yeah. So you'd like to meet her as well. We can both go and meet her. We'll write. We'll write her to her. Say, Kathy, she must be listening to this, surely, Donna. If we say, Kathy, get in touch. You know, we need to spend a day with you. She'll be on it. Yeah. I saw her speak at Bloody Scotland, so that was quite cool. But yeah. obviously, only like on In the, the screen as well. Yeah, but. Yeah. yeah. Well, the conference we were at, if you bang into people in the bar and things, you just chat to them, you know, or you just sidle up to them and say, hi, I'm Wendy and I'm one of the authors here. And then you get chatting, you know, obviously you're not as important as them, but hey, we're all important because we're all writing books that people like. So I shouldn't say I'm less important than anyone else. I'm not. I just haven't got as big a platform. That's it. Yeah. But she is a nice person. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I have massive respect for Kathy Reichs. Me too. Me too. But um, she, you know, you've got three for the price of one there. I've given you three authors and you only asked for one. <laughs> yeah. Cheating is fine. What <laughs> a liberty. I know. <laughs> Someone the other day gave me five, I think. Five? <laughs> oh, no. Like, yeah. I feel like I'm, you know, I feel like I'm not uh, measuring up. <laughs> no, that's fine. I've only given you three. I should have given you 10. No, I'm joking. 
<laughs> I'm sure you could think of 10 as well. Oh, well, to be honest, a lot of the ones that I would think of, I've already spent days with them, so they're lovely. <laughs> you know, <laughs> there are some brilliant crime writers in Scotland who are lovely, lovely people, but I spend time with them regularly. So, you know, well, not in the past two years, but... Um, when you're not writing and you're not doing crazy amounts of signings, how do you like to spend your time? Well, how I like to spend my time during a pandemic and how I like to spend my time are totally different questions. So I'll answer how do I like to spend my time and we'll just pray that the pandemic disappears so we can all get back to normal. Um, I love going out to see historic buildings. I love going out to see... Um, you know, different places. I love traveling all over Britain, all over the world. I like getting to meet people, know people. I like swimming. Um, I like to try and keep fit. Um, I was a member of a gym, but I'm not a member of a gym at the moment. Um, I love reading. Now, I read during the pandemic and now. So, you know, uh, in, in what is normal life. Um, so I love, love, love reading. So a lot of what I do, and I, and I love eating. So I really love going out for meals. Uh, so coffee, book and a meal, that's seventh heaven. But usually when you go out for a meal, you're with someone. So you have to speak to them. They, they get upset if you start reading. But they're my favourite things to do in the world. I like cooking as well and entertaining. For Brecon Book Festival, I'm entertaining um, several people in my house. Uh, and I'm going to have a dinner party, which will be nice because I haven't had a dinner party for two years. I'm going to crack out the best crystal in the, you know, the bone china plates, uh, pretend life's normal. <laughs> but I've got a big table, so we can still socially distance somewhat, so we won't be crammed in. <laughs> um, if you're able to travel to any period of history, either forward or backwards, where would you go? Right. At the moment, I would love to travel back to early 19th century Scotland and early 19th century Royal Navy. The reason for that is I'm currently writing a book. My dining room table, which is to the left of me here, is covered in um, covered in research files piled up high like this about uh, a, a young chap called in real life called Thomas Graham, who went to um, so he, when he was 16 years old, he was from Ecclefechan, I love saying that, Ecclefechan, in Scotland, which is near the Scottish borders. And he went to um, medical school in, um, at Surgeons Hall, not long after it opened. He went to medical school at Surgeons Hall and he did his medical training at the start at the age of 16. And by the time he was 20, he was a trained doctor. And he joined the Royal Navy. He was a trained doctor and surgeon. He joined the Royal Navy as an assistant surgeon. He then sailed the seven seas and went all over the world. Um, he went you know, to America. He went to Ireland. He went to the um, Caribbean uh, or the West Indies, as it was called then. He went to uh, Hong Kong. He went to China. The, I think he went, to the, he went to the Middle East. He went to Europe. He went all over the place. And then he died at the age of 31 and is buried in one port in China. Now, I've got all this research because I was asked by a lovely gentleman in Australia if I could write a book about him. And I'm writing um, a series of novels based on him because he's got such an exciting life that it lends itself to a series. 
and I've got a publisher interested at the moment, so I just need to write it. But I'm still doing all the background research, hence the reason I'm spending time at Surgeons Hall and places like that, um, because I'm doing the background research for it, because, of course, I've got all the research about him, but I don't have research about all the the background stuff about early 19th century Scotland and the world. So I'd like to be everywhere in the world in the early 19th century. That would be great, all at the same time. <laughs> That's cheating. <laughs> it's cheating, is it? I'm sorry. Yeah, but no, that's cool. You know, each to their own, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> um, what was I just going to ask you? I can't remember. You see, you keep throwing me. <laughs> sorry. It's fine. I don't mind. Um, oh, uh, what song is guaranteed to get you on the dance floor? What song is guaranteed to get me on the dance floor? Something upbeat. I love I love Meatloaf. I like listening to Meatloaf, meatloaf songs. Or maybe something like Bat Out of Hell or something like that. Something really fast. It's a long time since I've been on the dance floor, I have to admit. I'm getting on a bit, you know, a bit long in the tooth, as they say. So my <laughs> clubbing days are over. <laughs> well, you know, a wedding or whatever, you know, these things still happen. I love I love music, all types of music. I love musicals. So if you played anything from a musical, it would probably get me up, you know, because I love musicals. I love going to the theatre. That's the other thing I didn't say. I love going to the theatre. Mm. Yeah, me too, actually. I missed that um, during lockdown more than I realised. Yeah, yeah. Um, and again, I've forgotten what I was going to ask you. <laughs> um, do you collect anything? Penguins. I have loads of penguins. I love penguins. Um, and I i mean, a lot of them are upstairs now, but I do have some downstairs. I mean, I haven't got thousands of them, don't get me wrong, but I do like penguins. And my next uh, Bertie the Buffalo book, I pitched it to the publisher. It's Sarah Grace Publishing. Malcolm Down in Sarah Grace Publishing. And I pitched it to the Sarah Grace arm. And they said, oh, will there be penguins in it? Because it's going to, be, I want it to be in a specific place. And I said, penguins, penguins, there'll be more penguins than you know what to do with. And she said, oh, well, we'll have it then. Well, you can write it then because I love penguins, she said to me. So, hey, it's useful to have a publisher that likes the same thing as you. <laughs> oh, brilliant. I love it. <laughs> and I also collect books. If they stop printing books tomorrow, I could keep everybody in the world going for the rest of time uh, and we wouldn't run out of books. Yeah, I have quite a collection as well. Um, I don't think I could keep them going for the rest of the time, but a year or two, I reckon, I've got yeah, enough for. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I had a few signed books and if there was a fire, then I could rescue them and it's fine. But now... I have loads. I love to yeah. cry. Those I think. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I have to have them on display. Otherwise, I could just keep them in a fireproof box, and then, then they'd be fine. But nah. <laughs> nah, you need them on display. Books are meant to be looked at and touched. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, so apart from the uh, book that you just mentioned, are you working on anything else at the moment? And do you know what you're going to do next? Yes, I am working on several things. I'm working on the second Crass Claymore book. I'm finishing off the um, final, not final, the, the latest um, Ferguson Flora Mystery. 
uh, that's ready to go. Once it's done, the covers are done, it's ready to go. So they just need to put the file into the book and we can publish. So that's great. Um, I'm writing the third Bertie the Buffalo book, uh, which is uh, going to be a very specific place it's going to be set. Uh, then I'm also, um, I pitched a new series to the publisher. The publisher will kill me because I haven't told anybody this yet. You know, I've pitched a new series for younger readers um, between seven to nine. So I'll be writing those if the publisher goes ahead with it. I'm not going to say much more because if it doesn't go ahead, they'll be like, Wendy, you've told the world it's going ahead, you know, which I can't do. Um, so I am... Um, you know, I've got a lot of things on the go. I'm a bit like a squirrel, you know, not a squirrel. I'm a bit like the person that goes, you know, I'm talking about that. Oh, a squirrel, you know, and, and I think of something else. And I just pitch it to my publishers and they go, oh, 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 OK. <laughs> so I'm a bit all over the place, but I love it. I love it. They must see an email come from you like, oh, God, what now? <laughs> yeah, well, I... I, I I met them at a conference a couple of weeks ago. I was down in London and I was at a conference and so was my publisher. And I said, um, oh, can I uh, pitch something else to you? And she went, oh, Wendy, why do I know you were going to say that? And she says, pitch it to me then. So I did. And she went, OK, pitch it to me in writing and we'll consider it. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Well, I don't have any more questions for you at the moment, unless you think there's anything I haven't asked that you want to tell us. No, hey, just that I love doing sort of this sort of thing. It's been great. I've had such a good time, you know, and you ask the most amazing questions, you know. Where would I like to go in time? That's the first time I've been asked that, but it's a great question, you know, and I love, I love chatting to people. I love doing public speaking. I love, um, you know, meeting people. So... I'm available if anybody would like me to. <laughs> um, and just before we go, would you like to tell everyone where they can find more information about you and where they can get your books from? Well, you can get uh, more information about me at wendyhjones.com. Don't forget the H. <laughs> wendyhjones.com. I'm Wendy H. Jones on all social media platforms. The only slight difference is I've, I'm Wendy H. Jones as a my profile on Facebook. For my author page, I'm Wendy H. Jones author. That's because you have to differentiate them. Yeah, so um, I am Wendy H. Jones author on that, but everywhere else I'm Wendy H. Jones and you can find me anywhere. If you send me friend requests or follow me, I'll follow back. I'll accept friend requests unless you happen to be, you know, somebody looking for a widower, <laughs> looking for a bride. <laughs> In which case, you're looking for someone else <laughs> brilliant well thank you very much <laughs> you're welcome thank you